head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody to episode 215 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, here with the steaming Willie Beeman of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald, as we... As we look forward to the big episode 215 here because there was a lot of, this is basically going to be a Bellator episode because it was a big Bellator card last night, we're recording this on Saturday because there's nothing Saturday night so we might as well get it out early and there's a big Bellator card next week, a good enough UFC card as well but nothing, nothing too major so a lot of Bellator chat here and a bit of, uh, maybe a bit of bare knuckle boxing as well. Graham, how are you? How are things with you? I'm good except for the worst crick in my neck slash head I've ever had. Besides that, I'm good. How did this happen to you? Are you, are you going to survive it? Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if I'm, if I'm here next week. <laughs> are you going full? Uh, you going Remember full, me as I was. Are you going full? We're going to full Sean Sheehan when he has a, a runny you, nose. How dare you! Got, <laughs> my my, my twice a year sickness is absolutely. De- Remember Daniel Agar used to get like really bad back and stuff, and he couldn't go on planes because he was so fucked up with it. You like that? Yeah, now? he could. He, he couldn't sit on planes. He had to stand because yeah. his back is so bad. Poor old. But didn't uh, doesn't Pogba have like malaria and like every once every year he'd like get really sick was that Pogba or was that someone else was that maybe uh, someone else oh who was that I, th- I feel like it was some player that used to play for Newcastle or something oh there was definitely oh, was some Pogba, maybe, maybe it is I don't know maybe I'm gone mad but yeah there, there was someone anyway oh who was it was it Pogba I don't know, Just, I don't know. it doesn't matter I, anyway, I thought yeah. it was Pogba but uh, yeah you know, I woke up I could barely move my head but I took a muscle relaxing just easing out a little bit so looks like I'm gonna pull through <laughs> it, it was it was Drogba it was, it was Didier Drogba wasn't it yeah, that's what I said, yeah. Oh, Drogba? I thought you said Pogba. All right, oh, Drogba, yeah. Oh, I thought I said Drogba. Maybe I did say Pogba, I thought yeah. I said Pogba. No, Drogba, yeah, yeah. Drogba, Drogba. yeah. So Sorry. there you go. Maybe I did. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about MMA, I suppose. Uh, the Bellator card Actually, before night. we go oh. on to the Bellator card, uh, did mm. you did you keep an eye on Sky Sports News at all during the week? I or did didn't. Anybody... I didn't know. I, 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 no, hold on. I was on it at one stage, and I, I, I did put it on for the purpose of, because we were talking about it last week. And all I saw was Habib talking about McGregor on, on that press conference. And that was it. There was there was nothing else. I watched it for about maybe 20 minutes or so, like with 10 minutes to go in the hour and 10 minutes after the hour, and I didn't really see anything. So, But that was Tuesday, maybe. People can see when I tweeted out the picture. I'm not, not 100% sure, but there didn't seem to be much then. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It doesn't It doesn't seem like there's, there's lots anyway. But, it, yeah, I don't know. It, it, have you seen much of it? Did you watch any of it? See, I don't, I don't have a TV, so I don't oh, like. Yeah. I just watch kind of live sports and like Sky Go and stuff. But I wouldn't really, mm. I wouldn't really um, watch Sky Sports News anymore. But uh, uh, if 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 they were gonna go for it, like promote it, like having Chael Sonnen and having like Rory McDonald and a Gracie, as we talked about last week, and mm-hmm. a few prospects, and um, you know, Aaron Pico and uh, Dylan Danis, obviously. Uh, People know him, even if they mostly hate him. Mm-hmm. It, it was a good chance. So uh, I'd be interested to, to hear if uh, any listeners would tweet us or write in and say if, if, if there was much coverage. Sometimes during the night, I think they do like more of a general sporting, and during the day, it's more like football and mm-hmm. a, a few little side stories. So uh, I don't I don't know. I'd be interested to see like a yeah, and today as I, well I, if they have like the results of it up. I, I yeah, I know it's at three in the morning, or I think it was at three in the morning on mm-hmm. Sky Sport Arena, and 
three thirty on on Sky Sports main event. So maybe they think it's a little bit late to promote it. Maybe if the, the the London card might be promoted a little bit heavier, but yeah, it's I funny. don't think they're putting much behind it. Yeah, I remember they were, and we'll get to the London card later. But you remember they were talking about before when the um when this whole deal started. They said that the local uh, series would be on Channel Five, and in the London series. Or, or sorry, the local series be on Channel Five, and then the rest of the cards, all the American cards and stuff, would be on Sky Sports. But next week it seems like it's on Sky Sports and Channel Five, so that's great. You know, and I just did the um, the whole. You know, you only get a week, so we're not a week out from it yet on the on the TV guide, so we can't check if the whole thing is on. But it says on like the the website that it's on. You know, Lovato Junior versus Musasi. So that you know that's great, especially for James Gallagher. You know, I was talking to to Pizzi about it, and he kind of made that point to me that like James Gallagher is Irish, and a lot of people in Ireland can't get. Uh, Channel 5, so it's great for it to be on uh, Sky Sports so for for James Gallagher, but for everyone, like, you, you watch it on Sky Sports, watch it on Channel 5, There's that's double the audience, well, maybe not double the audience, but, like, uh, 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 double the flicking audience anyway. The reach is so, more, so, yeah, more reach, yeah. Isn't it? exactly, yeah, so that's, that, that's great for Bellator, but I suppose last night wasn't maybe the greatest night in the world for Bellator, there was some, some good fights, some good finishes, some, some good decisions as well, uh, you know, but some of their, I suppose, their top prospects lost, and some of the guys maybe they they want to be pushing lost. And I want to talk about Aaron Peak off first because, you know, I I I don't know is there any that, MMA podcast in the world that's talked as much about like um, young prospects coming up and how you should deal with them, the nonsense of. And <laughs> what I've got to be saying all along is what everyone was kind of trying to say last night. So I feel a little bit vindicated here. People don't give you out to me, like. People like Aaron Pico. When you look at like a young guy coming up who's really, really good, like there's there's loads of them all over the world. And in our, you know, we talk about Ian Gary in Ireland. We talk about you know Gary Tone and Loreda last night. She looks really good. Pico, you know, loads of loads of different prospects coming up. Even ones up to to four and five and all or whatever. I really think that these people need experience. There's nothing bigger in MMA than experience. I've said, if people listen to this podcast, I've said it a hundred times before, but I think it's a, an opportune time to say it right now because of Aaron Pico and what has been done to him. You need, Aaron Pico has, I think it's 19 minutes and 17 seconds. 19 minutes and 17 seconds inside the cage. Ever. Now, that that's crazy. That is crazy. Like, imagine another sport where you only played 19 minutes ever and they were putting you in against... Uh, you know, people who have 13, 14 wins and stuff like that. That's crazy, like. What about, like, Francis and Ganu? Yeah, but, like, there's, okay, there's, there's always nummies. But look look at the tweet I tweeted out last night, if if anyone wants to pull it up, and see the, the level of, of people when they got to, uh, like, a UFC belt. Uh, hold on, let me let me let me pull it up here because I, I think it's important to to actually look at it to see the amount of experience you actually need to get to top level. Okay, when they became a champion, Daniel Cormier sixteen and one, John Jones thirteen and one, Whitaker nineteen and four, uh, Izzy seventeen and all, Usman fifteen and one, GSP thirteen and one, Woodley sixteen and three, Habib twenty six and all, Poirier twenty five five and one, McGregor eighteen and two, Holloway seventeen and three, Aldo nineteen and one, Cejudo thirteen and two, Demetri. Johnson 16-2-1 look at all of those people all the best in the world over the last couple of years and look at all the fights they have there the, the least to get there was GSP and Jones you know back a few years ago went 14 fights that's that's what you need you need that experience to get to the very very top and I like I understand what they did with Aaron Pico right where they said this guy is like one of the best wrestlers in America, really, really young. He is a, supposed to be really, really good boxer as well. Was he Golden Gloves? Golden Gloves, or something bo- like junior boxing champion and all that. 
I can understand. They put him into the big fights early, thinking this can be a phenom. He can get the 5-0 and and be a champion. Right, I, I understand that. If you want to do that every so often with a guy who's special like this, fair enough. But when what happens to him when he lost his first fight, and then when he lost like his fifth fight as well, that's the time you say when a guy gets to, what was he, 4-2 yesterday, that's when you say, right, we need to give him another 3 or 4 fights now. We have to, to build him up, we, we get him to, you know, more than that. We get him to 10-2, and two, and then we'll put him on another little bit again. Don't put him back straight in against a guy last night like Adam Barrocks, who who people have been talking about for even a while. If you, a prospect. Even if you even if you go back to his first fight, like me and yeah, you myself said it. and yourself, you said it, yeah. we're talking about it, and we were. I was like, this guy is way too experienced. Like this is this is potential trouble, and and then he got knocked out. And uh, his career like isn't isn't over. Like he can still come back. Like that was a beautiful shot from a really good fighter, perfectly timed. And yeah, he dipped his head, but you get away with that ninety nine percent of the time. Uh, you don't get brutally knocked out like that with a mm. spectacular flying knee. But if you look at the guy he's fighting, like you know, the guy's coming off uh, another flying knee three fights ago. Now he's coming off a flying knee over a guy who was eleven and one, and then he rear naked choked the guy who had thirty one fights and twenty five wins. So, you know, <laughs> for Aaron Pico, and he's he's four and two. He's had a rough start to his career going into this. Mm-hmm. To give him that guy is just. It's, puzzling it's just very strange yeah and i'm not saying to give him nobodies as well like give him a guy who's two and oh or three and oh give him a, you know even matchmaking right now do what is the point like, like, don't do what you did with mvp but like do exactly like you know there, there's a big responsibility here and I, I, I for for everyone involved with people like aaron pico and like whatever other prospects you have coming through you have a huge responsibility whether it's the manager the trainer or the promotion i think all of them have a responsibility to to get their career you know spread out properly there is no point going in there and fighting the best in the world when you're not the best in the world you think max holloway back when he came into the ufc would have done to jose aldo what he eventually did not a fucking hope no but you look at him coming in against parier and he gets destroyed holloway yeah, but Parry is really good as well. Like that's what, No, I know, that? but his first fight in the UFC, he comes in oh, well, and yeah, he just yeah. gets overwhelmed and he looks like a completely different fighter than he looks like a completely different guy and a completely different fighter than he is today. Exactly. Well, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I thought you were talking about the second fight. Yeah, 100%. Like, it, it happens. It happens. Look at like look at Conor McGregor lost to, to Joseph Duffy. Comes off, becomes one of the, you know, the best fighters in the world. And people will point, oh, what about John Jones? Name another one. It, there's only John Jones. That's it. Matt Hamill faced his elbow and then he couldn't take anymore. <laughs> he did. Uh, but that's it. Like, he's the exception that proves the rule. There's, there's no order. You need... Ex- this this sport is so huge in experience. And I, I need to talk about this defined balance you need in MMA. You need a balance between experience and use and your ability to, to do what you've always... Uh, wanted to do and your you know athleticism and all that and you have to find that balance but for matchmaking as well you have to find the balance as you said we, we can't have what happened to mvp but we need to find that balance we need you know have three or four fights like mvp had to get you in there to get you you know your 20 minutes in the cage as i was talking about arm pico then have a little bit of a step up where you're fighting guys who maybe four and or five and all as well with you get you to 10 and or 12 and all and then start putting you in with guys like you know freeman and barracks and the guys like last night put you in with them then when you have that experience when you've set out your style as a fighter when you have developed your game into the way you want to fight we talked about arm pico he's a wrestler uh, he's a boxer what's arm pico going to come out and how is he going to 
fight at the very start. Will I wrestle? Will I box? You don't know. You have to learn, become experienced, develop your game, and then put it out against the really good fighters. I, I do, I do not see a point. Like it's stupidity, and I know it's, it's. I know it's this the most macho sport in the world, and you have to have that belief that you're going to beat everyone. And I wouldn't ever take that away from any fighter. They sh- they should believe that. If you're one and all, you should believe you you can beat fucking Kamaru Usman or Max Holloway or whoever it is in your weight class. You should believe that. But it's the responsibility of the trainer, of the promoter, of your manager. To, to give you the fights to get you to where you need to be. Ronnie O'Sullivan didn't come out and hit a 147 the first time he played. Like He developed his game to become really good. He played U tournaments, under 12s, under 14s, under 16, to become a world champion. Same in golf, soccer, everything. 19 minutes. 19 minutes Aaron Pico has in the cage. How are people expecting him to be the finished article? You have to get to be the finished article by having the practice in the cage. That's what I think anyway. What do you think, Graham? Yeah, well, he's been, you know he's been talked about as this phenom and stuff, but it's 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 all well and good having this top class wrestling and it's good boxing, but it's putting it all together with worrying about other things. There's so many elements to mm-hmm. MMA fighting, and sometimes it, sometimes you can be a brilliant wrestler like Henry Cejudo and come over and pick up striking and pick up things really quickly and and become the best. But it's it's extremely unlikely. Like it's uh, 15, extremely 15, rare. Fifteen fights too. It took uh, Henry Cejudo to win yeah. the UFC title. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Like maybe if you throw if you threw Pico or if you threw uh, Henry Cejudo in against against tougher opponents already, maybe his career would have went differently. But you know, sometimes maybe like you, you know, like John Jones for example, is a freak and he can just over he can just fight these guys early in his career and beat them. And that's what makes it. That's what makes it so. That's what makes John Jones so special. If if it happened all the time, if these guys are coming along all the time, it wouldn't it wouldn't be special. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Pico, like he he he's definitely like you know it's very early in his career. Like if he was managed correctly. Or matched correctly, sorry. He he could easily be seven and zero or six and one here. He, everybody can get caught or whatever. Maybe he needed to to learn that. Like I think last night was a beautiful flying knee, and it, it can happen to anybody. And the first one can happen to anybody. But it's 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 a little bit of experience that maybe you wouldn't be in that position. You wouldn't dip your head. You wouldn't mm-hmm. like you you wouldn't zig one you'd circle it one way and another just out of experience like uh, these guys so you can fight guys and they're nowhere near at the talent level of you but they just have experience in the cage and they've been in these positions and um he needs he just needs to i think he needs to take a break um you know and go back and kind of start again not start again but kind of reset yeah like I, but he's I, like it's not over for him like he could easily, like in he, two he, or three years he could easily be Bellator mm-hmm. champion I, I still think he, he'll fight for a, a Bellator championship I think he'll be a really really good fighter but I think he could be a really good fighter as well in a better way where he didn't take all this brain damage doing it I, like I think you have to be more intelligent fighting is a brutal fucking game like you know this is not like throwing in a, a 16 year old into a Premier League game what's the worst that can happen they'll have a shitty game they can play again in, in 6 months time or they can go on loan or whatever and you're, you'll be grand it's it's your brain only lasts so long you can only take so many knockouts we've seen it with so many other fighters and look it, you know he definitely has a proclivity to getting knocked out as well he gets hit and he you know some some lads has have an absolute iron chin and they'll, they'll take shots he doesn't have that now I'm not saying he has a, a glass chin or anything like that he, he definitely has got caught with big big shots but when you when you are really like that, knocked out, definitely doesn't help the chain anyway. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and you have to learn ways to protect it as well. And I feel like he could, he'd be better served doing that over a longer time rather than being thrown into the wolves to, to do it here. But I suppose we, you know, we better we better talk about the 
the actual fight and you know we've talked a lot about it I suppose you know it was it was a, it was a good display for Peacock and it's, we wouldn't be having this discussion if this was a guy who we didn't think was really good you know I'm not saying nothing bad about Pico here I'm saying uh, about the promotion and about the, the management and everything the Pico is a good fighter and I, that's why I'm so kind of fucking heated about this because I I'd love to see him become that good fighter and I want the best for him to become that good fighter and it's not just Pico it's you know it's Gary Tonin and Ian Gary and every young fighter coming up who, who's two or three and you know, or whatever it is your I want, boy Ian Gary exactly I want to see them all getting there you know and I like remember a few weeks ago someone asked asked us it's how is it hard not to be a, a fan of people and you know not not to 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 favor people I like I like and I said it I, I'm a fan of everyone I want everyone to be good like if everyone now who's a top prospect who's 2-0 and 3-0 oh, and oh, are made into really great fighters and they get to 15-2 and two or whatever and then they fight each other that's better for me that's better for you that's better for everyone listening here because we, then we'll see excellent fights at that time we might see 10 top class brilliant fights when that person gets their prime so I'm happy for all these fighters to become really good because you know what it makes it more enjoyable for me and more enjoyable for everyone watching so that's you know I'm a fan of everyone not just a fan of one person but this arm pico fight you know he, he came out and he was smart you know he was he was getting knocked out and he was getting hit with big shots in his last few fights so he went out and he wrestled and he wrestled and he wrestled and he did it really well but i think it was um i think it was eric o'keefe said it last night on twitter or someone anyway that he he's good in he's a good boxer He's a good wrestler, but he needs to find that those middle bits. You know, I, I talk about it so much in the podcast. People listen here. You need to find those middle bits, and that is kind of what he is missing right now at the moment. And people are are kind of picking on that. They're saying, "I'll survive." Yeah, training it all together, mm-hmm. it, it takes time. Like it's not just going to click straight away. Like uh, for ninety nine percent of fighters, mm-hmm. yeah, it's 100%. it's it's uh, it's uh, as you say, what is it? Nineteen minutes in the cage. Yeah, um, it's. There, there is exceptions to, to everything like there is freaks but um pico could be a, spe- a special fighter but it's just an unnecessary risk that they took and it could have worked out and it could have it could have looked great it could have made him even more attention but he could have got him to seven and oh six and six and one seven and oh with without giving him such experienced guys and nobody would be complaining yeah, hundred percent. And you know, we must credit uh, Adam Barracks too because you know he's a guy who's who's hyped up enough coming in there too. And and you know he's definitely a good fighter. And it you know not every fighter could go in there and pick that flying knee against Darren Peak. A lot of people would have gotten taken down for what was it? You know, eight nine minutes in that fight or whatever it was. And you know the 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 air would have been taken out of him. They wouldn't have had the the ability to come back. And he did. So you know yeah. we, we have to mention that as well. He looks like a, a really really top fighter. So a hundred percent credit to him. I suppose we we better move on, or we'll be stuck all day talking about this fight. Um, Heather Hardy is another one, I suppose. That yeah, uh, she's a different case, I think, because she is obviously a boxer coming in to, to fight MMA, and she's she's two and two now, and she's you know she's still boxing. Uh, she she boxed uh, last October, and I I, I don't know if she's boxing again soon, but I I'd say she probably would be. There was talks of her fighting Katie Taylor and stuff as well. So you know she she's the uh, featherweight uh, boxing champion. So for her i think mma is just kind of i don't know it's pastime the right word but you know she she is not fully into mma like an arm pico is or or anyone else you know com- coming up through it and and you can see that you know she she's obviously a really really good boxer but when the, the fight gets to the ground like last night uh taylor turner was, was smart as well you know all she did was was get the fight to um to the clinch got a body got a body lock a bit of a trip 
and basically, you know, that was it. She got the TK on the ground. Heather Hardy just just couldn't get out when once she had her on just, top. Just doesn't know what to do on the ground. And if as you say, if you're not all in in MMA, it's very difficult if yeah. you're dipping in and out. And it's so many aspects of the game, and, and you need to be well rounded. Like it's it's not maybe. 10 or 20 years ago you get away with it but now it, you're just not going to get away with it yeah 100% but look I'm sure she'll have some exciting fights I, I think they could match her up as well like you know and I, I don't want to say like Aaron Chalmers because it's it's very different because she's like a a, a world class boxer and all that but you know mark her, um, uh, match her up jeez I, I forgot how to speak there match her up against other boxers kickboxers and stuff like that and have her have a few good fights you know that you don't have to get her towards uh, a title or anything like that and I think that's the way to probably uh, treat Heather Hardy from now on but then we kind of got down to, to the big business and Kyoji Haraguchi versus Darian Caldwell opened up the card here and it wasn't the classic by any means but it was a very, very similar fight to the to the first fight, although um, Kyoji Haraguchi didn't get the guillotine this time, but he did manage to get the decision over Darian Caldwell. Uh, did you score it the same way as the, the judges? Yeah, I did. Uh, I had actually ruined my accumulator. I had <laughs> Caldwell uh, to win, but he just was holding, taking him down and holding him and doing absolutely nothing except absorbing small strikes. But it was... I think he, he must have thought that this is enough. This is judges are going to give me these rounds because he seemed happy enough to stay there. But I think uh, I think it was he was so inactive that it was it was clear that that he, he had lost the rounds. Yeah, look to me, I I was picking Caldwell as well coming in here, um, but I think the reason he didn't win it was what you said, just too inactive on top. No, he if he had landed six or seven more shots around. You know, Even he, just the Charles Sonnen ones, a little yeah. tiny little, and, tiny little tapping them, slap mm-hmm. them on the ears, like do something. Exactly, and then maybe one or two even big ones. He would have won most of those rounds because if you go through the fight, like Caldwell won won the first round. He landed two big elbows and one punch, and that was enough. If you look at that round, that was definitely enough. Koji Haraguchi was landing slaps on top and, and bits of punches and stuff. And you know, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, it was, it was a close round," but Caldwell won that. And the same in the second in, Haraguchi just kind of couldn't reach him on the feet, and he got a takedown within two minutes and got on top. If that was the closest round, I gave it barely to Darian Caldwell. But if you gave it to Haraguchi, I couldn't argue with you. And then the last three, I, I had for for Haraguchi. Caldwell got tired in the third. Uh, Haraguchi sprawls were getting very good, and he was landing on top. And that was probably his his most dominant round because he was on top for a lot of it in the fourth um haraguchi almost had the guillotine um uh caldwell got on top and did absolutely nothing with it haraguchi won that ground from the bottom and in the fifth in there was the takedown did absolutely nothing with it again haraguchi landed the better shots he was going for the guillotine he was landing body shots when he got on top and he won it from on bottom again it was a you know it was a, it was one of those fights where you look at Caldwell and and both of their fights. You look at Caldwell and say he probably should have won both of those fights, but he ended up losing both of them, and that's an odd situation in MMA, isn't it? I know. Well, it's maybe not that odd in MMA because there's so many different ways to win it. But in the first yeah. fight, you can understand the guillotine winning it, but in this fight, was he worried about the guillotine? What did you see any reason why he didn't like up that pace? He seemed to be forward? very worried about Haraguchi getting back up. Uh, he didn't give him any space to. He didn't posture up to, la- to throw strikes. But when when you're able to take somebody down pretty much at will, like why are you so worried about him getting back up and uh, take down scores as well? Like it's a big moment and uh, otherwise kind of very quiet rounds. So uh, he, he he must have thought that he was doing enough in his corner must have been telling him that, yeah, keep doing what you're doing because he seemed very happy to <laughs> keep doing what he was doing even though it's it, watching it, you were like, you're going to lose this. 
Yeah. What what rating would you give the fight? <sighs> um, I give it a rookie four. Four? Would you? I, I was thinking about it, and there, there wasn't really that much. And I, like, I, I look for like outstanding things to happen, and I suppose the only outstanding thing in it was the the takedowns, maybe. But then they did nothing with that. Like, and Haraguchi did well on top and stuff. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a four point two. I, I I know I know you've a rookie score there, but I I think four point two is right. It was there was still some good things. The fact Haraguchi won it from the bottom is is always great. So I'm gonna, I'm going to give it to it for that, but not a, not a classic. Yeah, it was very so. close as well. So like at any mm-hmm. moment, like the round could have been swung. That's how close these rounds were. Like yeah. any kind of big action was going to swing the round, but didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. It it wasn't like a Fitch and McDonald. You know, there was as you said, there was always sound of kind of something to keep you encapsulated yeah in the it was point. on a knife edge if you mm. if you you might miss if you looked away you might miss the the one thing that wins the round for, for it was that close mm-hmm. for either fighter uh, and then Juan Arculeta defeated uh, Eduardo Dantas with a, a lovely punch in round two. He looks so strong, Arculeta. He called out uh, Horiguchi after it about 50 times. And that was a pretty good promo, very good. And then Patrick Mix. Uh, Patrick, who should be called Patrick Pick and Mix. It would be the, just the best name <laughs> ever. He looked, uh, he looked really good, didn't he? He looked very, very good. And he you know, he did to Ricky Bandeas what James Gallagher couldn't do. He got the, the back and he got that rear naked choke submission, which James Gallagher always loves. And Mix caught a well, like fucking... He had the, he had the game yeah. plan probably that Gallagher should have had exactly. instead of trying to trade he, he went straight for the, the takedown and when he didn't get the takedown he, uh, Bandeas turned his backslide he just jumped on it and that was it mm-hmm. it, was, it was brilliant No, he as you said there he got the, that body lock a little bit of a, a trip Bandeas did very well to get back up but the second he saw that back he just jumped on it like a spider monkey took took the back but uh, the, the body triangle and the, the rear naked chalk, you know, very like James Gallagher. And what does he do afterwards? It was a statement win. And what's he do? He says, I'm the I'm the rear naked chalk guy here. I'm the submission guy here. I want James Gallagher next. I want to He's like, get me on the Jimmy show, show or something. It was Absolutely pretty, perfect. Pretty perfect, wasn't it? In uh, September in, in Dublin, the, all the rumors are they're coming back. It isn't official yet. But James Gallagher's fighting next week, obviously, which we'll, we'll get to. But if, if he wins that, that seems like the, the perfect fight here for, for James Gallagher next up. I know there's a lot of guys lining up to fight James Gallagher, which, you know, myself and Peter talked about on Twitter last night that a lot of people were writing James Gallagher off after he's lost to Ricky Mendez. And now it seems that everyone wants to fight James Gallagher again. And, he's he, you know, he's he's a long line of uh, Jimmy Shaw. Well, you want to fight him, the so. biggest name in the in the division like that, that, that they have. Mm-hmm. Um love him or hate him or whatever he's definitely people know him like and you know this guy's coming in biggest win of his career and the first thing he's talking about is, is James Gallagher who's you know who one fight ago people were saying is, is a fraud is done but you know uh, I don't know much about Patrick Mix but he looked really good like a, do you think they would give Gallagher Mix next or do you think I think they, they might slow it down a little I, th- I think they probably will because James Gallagher is moving on you know we'll, we'll obviously talk yeah. about him a little I think the, the Ricky Bandeas rematch kind of makes sense as well I suppose it does yeah but Ricky's I think Ricky's coming off of two losses now and if James wins here he'll be coming off of two wins so you know, yeah maybe, but for James if you're just like you know uh, first time at 135 I had a stupid game plan or I didn't fit to the game plan or had a bad game plan or whatever it was and yeah. should have should have done this should have done that and now I want to redeem and if he goes out there and 
wins and it's kind of like you know it's not a clean record again it's not a perfect record again but it cleans it up a little like you know you got that one back yeah there's there's definitely an argument to it 100% but uh, I don't know I, I feel like James is the type of guy who will say he's coming off of two losses now and it, you know I feel like he's that sort of guy I don't want to find most him guys now. want to want to get the win back they, they, they do, always think I, oh, I, if I just had done this if I just had done that uh, you I know? feel like James Gallagher would be more inclined to fight him if he was coming off of two wins though I feel like he's that sort of guy he you know he I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe he will come and call him out. But I, I don't think I think James Gallagher will look at it. I think he's smarter than that. I think he'll think about it and say, "I'm going to be calling out a guy coming off of two losses here." I know he beat me, but and it's a risky fight if you end up losing that as well. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, it, it, either one of those guys, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be uh, perturbed to, to them happening. But I I'd nearly go with mix at this stage, and maybe if Bandez got one more win and then got a, a fight with with James Gallagher, might look better for Bandez and Gallagher and everyone. But there you go, and we'll talk about Gallagher more later. Dylan Dennis. Versus Max Humphrey. What did you think of Dylan Dennis in this fight? Um, yeah, I thought um, he on the feet he looked a little bit harder to hit than in his first fight. Uh, it's hard to know from from thirty seconds. I think John McCarthy was going a bit mad, mm-hmm. uh, lavishing praise on his striking. I don't know if we saw that much of it, but he got a takedown quite easily, um, and he seemed to not want to submit him he wanted to kind of beat him up a little bit and yeah. get a bit of time in the cage uh he, he kind of went for the rear naked choke a couple of times but he didn't he didn't really commit to it he was kind of i think i think he wanted a, a tko he was throwing some some ground and pound with, with as hard as he could it seemed mm-hmm. and it looked like the ref was coming in at one stage as well coming close at one stage but he never really landed that one big like rattling shot and just to stun um max humphrey but uh I think he, I think he went in there with the plan. It looked like he went in there with the plan of trying to get a TKO. But once that armbar, or once that arm was basically handed to him, he just took it and uh, he landed a couple of shots to free up the arm. Oh yeah, a couple of shots to the head to free up the arm and got the armbar. And it was first round finish. Um, we didn't really learn much because his opponent wasn't very good. Like, mm-hmm. but uh, we definitely learned a little bit more than his, his first fight where he basically just pulled guard and got, got the finish. Yeah, uh, I wasn't that impressed to be honest. Uh, look. Uh, fair enough if anyone wants to make the argument it's probably actually true that he went in there and maybe took him a bit lightly in the way that I want to get a TK or I want to you know make this guy look foolish or whatever and you know I don't think that's a good way of doing it like we're look, I'm looking at Dylan Dennis I'm not looking at Dylan Dennis the, the, the Instagram guy next to Conor McGregor I'm looking at a fighter you know and he is the world or one of the best uh, jiu-jitsu guys in the world according to you know a lot of people uh, you know a phenom coming up through it and he's coming in here, like, you know, like the prospects I talked about earlier, Gary Tonin, and we've talked about Gary Tonin a few times. He looks really, really good. His hands have improved an awful lot and looks looks fantastic. I know, okay, Dylan Dennis, what is he 2-0 now? Uh, you know, he's, we didn't see much of his hands. didn't look great, but uh, that that doesn't doesn't really matter. We, we'll see his hands, I suppose, in the future. The one thing I was really impressed with was the takedown. I thought he got in really, really good on that front knee and got the takedown. And for a jiu-jitsu guy, that's absolutely huge. So 100% big credit to him there. But on the ground... Okay, maybe he was looking for the TKO, but he got in, in with a rear naked choke at one stage, and I thought he was going to get it, and he just, he, Max Humphrey got out. And, you know, for a guy like Dylan Dennis, who is supposed to be one of the best jiu-jitsu guys in the world, for, to lose that position and not take it, 
I think against better guys, when you give up that position, they won't give you another position. So I, that's one thing I'd be worried about when that is his world-class attribute for, you know, being a, a submission guy on the ground. If, if, to not finish that position is something going forward. I, I think that is it would be a little bit worried for worrisome if you're a Dylan Dennis fan. But look, he got the win. He, he uh, obviously, Max Humphrey, be, you know, outmatched. He got the, the four and a half minutes in the cage, and that's important. You know, we talk about prospects coming through. He's a prospect coming through. But... You know, I've I've not seen anything yet that that thinks to me like looking at uh, you know an Aaron Peak or someone like that to think he could be a world champion. I haven't seen that yet with with Dylan Dennis. That doesn't mean it won't happen. He obviously has the you know the 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 background in 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 uh, jujitsu and martial arts, so it, it could happen. But uh, I suppose it'll take it'll take a few fights as, as it should with fighters. But um, yeah, on, yeah, it's it's just hard to know uh, because early on before he went for the rear naked chokes, I I was thinking oh he's looking he was. I think it was pretty obvious as he's looking to get a, a TKO here. He 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 doesn't want to get or like obviously you take a submission if it's handed to him, but he's not going for the submissions like you know you think a jiu-jitsu guy in the second fight in MMA would. But uh, it's hard to know if he fully committed to those rear naked chokes. It didn't look like he did. Um, maybe maybe I'm just overestimating his his jiu-jitsu, but I think uh, I was thinking uh, if he wanted to get that he'd get it, but. I think when when the round was coming towards the end and the the arm was basically handed to him, he's like, "Oh, I'll take this." Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe maybe it was a case that his arms were a bit tired from throwing all those punches. He's not used to throwing ground and pound like that, and he wasn't able to get the. Maybe he didn't have the confidence in his squeeze and didn't want to gas his arms even more. It's hard to know yeah. because maybe. it's a different sport. It's like you know, it's around it's around the corner from from his where he lives, his apartment, it's the dream of his fight there. There's a lot of pressure on him. Maybe he maybe he was extra tired because of that. It's hard to know what's going on, but uh, it's good for him to get nearly a round in, yeah, that's uh, nearly a full round in, and get the finish. And yeah. you know, experience experience um, a big crowd, pressure, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about him fighting in September in Ireland? I, I think that makes a lot of sense. It'd be perfect timing. Yeah. I, a lot of fans here. PZ said, "I saw you on Twitter. I think mm-hmm. you on Twitter saying it'd be it'd be smart of an Irish an Irish fighter to call him out." Yeah, who do you think? Anyone? Anyone stick out to you? Mm. Uh, Chris Field said Ian Gary would destroy him today on on Twitter. I know Ian Gary's in Cage Warriors, so that's not going to happen. But mm. no. what about Joe McCulgan? I know he's in Cage Warriors as well, so maybe not. Yeah, he's a fifty-five. Yeah. Is that yeah. going? Is that, that was one seventy-five? Was it or one eighty? Uh, one seventy-five. Yeah, I wonder what that was about. I don't know. Yeah, he's a one seventy or though. I'd say I'd say he'd fight at one seventy. Obviously, like none of the SVG guys are probably going to fight him. You know, you're Peter Coeli or Kiefer or any of them. I doubt they'll fight him. But you know, Pete said Keith McCabe. He's he's fighting next weekend uh, against Glor Bufando. Obviously, Richard Kiley's out of that. Richard Richard Kiley against yeah. Dylan Dennis would be, <laughs> be a good fight, but they're probably not going to yeah, fight just either. The gyms, yeah, yeah, the whole gym thing, but. You know, I'm I'm sure there's someone that they could find one. The, the lads up north, I know. You know, Norman Parker, Ridzer would be, I suppose, a bit, uh, a bit too much for him at, at this stage. Of his uh, it'd be career, too much, too quick. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Way but, too much. You know, I, I, okay, Joe McCulgan. I think Joe McCulgan would be the perfect one. I think that'd be a good fight. I know he fights a 55, but I'm sure he'd fight a 170. But he's in cage. The SPG well, so. Hunter. SPG <laughs> Hunter. Yeah, it'd be perfect. Like it'd be absolutely perfect. But hopefully, we see Dylan Dennis on that card as well, and hopefully, one of the uh, one of the Irish welterweights can can get a fight out of that. And, yeah. All right, let's talk about. The, the two main fights here Leona Machida versus Chael Sonnen there really isn't much we need to talk about that fight Leona Machida hit him with a, a big shot I was surprised Ch- Chael actually uh, he showed survived. a bit of heart though yeah. didn't he Chael I was surprised were you, were you the same as me like Chael usually wouldn't survive that sort yeah of thing, when really. he kind of collapsed pro wrestling style yeah. from the, the knee 
or after the couple of kicks, I thought, oh, he's going to give up here. But he actually was like, I think he thought about giving up. But he was like, ah, oh, I'm going to stick it out. Fuck it. <laughs> Might as well. And then the, the second one, geez, there were two lovely shots in fairness. Probably because he was thinking, you know, this is my fake retirement, so yeah. I'll stick it out a little longer. What do you think of retirement? Do you think it'll last? <laughs> do I think it will last? Yeah. No. It's MMA. Nobody retires. Especially when there's money to be made, like people like Chael who can actually make money. Mm-hmm. Look at Chuck Liddell, he's still fighting, come on. Yeah, that's true. I, I, like, it feels like, it feels like Chael has been phoning in for a long time, and he has loads of other stuff as well. Like, could Chael be a bit of a Brendan Schaub character in, like, his podcast obviously going really well, he's working for fucking Bellator, he's working for the UFC or, or ESPN or whatever, doing the broadcast. It feels like he doesn't really but, have uh, time to be fighting these Brendan days. didn't have, or Brendan Schaub didn't have that kind of money on the table, though. To fight. Yeah, that's true, I suppose, yeah. But, yeah. I suppose Chael does still have big fights, but does like does he have the time to be preparing for him? And he probably is getting big money. You know, if you're working for fucking ESPN, you're getting big money on, on TV. And if you're working on... You know, like, he's out of contract with Bellator, yeah? Did he say that when I he said, oh, he did, let yeah. me fight out my deal or whatever? Mm-hmm. Some, like, promotion's going to come along, want somebody, like, some promotion's going to want big name and Chael's going to... You know, oh, I'm back from retirement to teach yeah. this guy a le- lesson. I can see it. Oh, come on. Like. Yeah, you're right, actually. I was thinking he was gone there, but you were after that, like, five seconds convinced me. Yeah, Chael's if- Especially on the Japanese promotions. You know, they, they, you know, pro wrestling is huge over there, and Chael is a very, very pro wrestling guy. I could see him taking, you know, a fight over there, and uh, a very, or even doing a bit of pro wrestling, maybe New, New Japan or something like that, but. Yeah, I, I, I could probably go somewhere that. where like they they like like Mexican meat and everything. Will be. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the old Mexican supplements. Yeah, he'd be, uh, be on a diet of horse meat. <laughs> no diet of horse meat. Yeah, it would be a it'd be a good way to do it. Where the the old TRT ban isn't uh, <laughs> isn't in place. Yeah, that'd probably be the the right way for him. But uh, yeah, look. Okay, let's say let's say Chael is retired here. What what's your take on Chael's career? Like is did he have a good career? Was he? How how do you remember Chael? Yeah, he made the very most of, of like he managed to get himself into title shot against uh, like the one against Anderson Silva actually made sense, but the one against John Jones and things like that, he just talked himself into it basically. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, it's it's kind of unfortunate really because Paolo Filo when he, when he fought him in yeah. WEC beat him and then he he fought him again and Filo was the champion and he missed weight and was like. Rohypnol up to his teeth and really strange fight and Chael beat the piss out of him kind of but was kind of like what's going on here and kind of concerned about him in a way mm-hmm. <laughs> he turned the fight and never never won the world championship that he I know it was WEC and it wasn't the UFC but he, I think he really wanted that or still does um, and never got it because of that so that's it's that was kind of a low point but he managed to like you know kind of come out of nowhere was quietly beat guys and work his way up to Anderson Silva and then you know that Anderson Silva fight is going to be remembered in MMA forever. That was un- unbelievable. Like that was, I remember not being able to sleep after that. Just like buzzing, like uh, it was crazy. And he he promoted the fight brilliantly and changed the game in that way. Everybody was like, "Oh, so this is people are like, oh, so you have to actually talk and say interesting things if you mm-hmm. if you want people to be interested in you." Oh, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so uh, he was he, he's done a lot for the sport. Like he really has like some friends of mine and stuff you know my cousin would be a big Chael Sonnen fan like you mm-hmm. know he'd watch like I remember there was like an hour long video of Chael saying ridiculous shit on yeah, YouTube yeah I used to love that as well yeah, he'd be watching he'd be watching that like a few times like you know on the regular mm-hmm. and he like if Chael Sonnen fight was happening he'd be up for it like you know uh, so he brought in 
other people um and he he was in some very very good fights and one of the most memorable fights of all time and uh, he did really well for himself like he made a lot of money I, I i think and he's made a career for himself outside mma which a lot of guys who who finish mma it's like what do i do now mm-hmm. uh they're kind of lost but shale has kind of a choice of, of what to do and uh, fair play to him and you know <laughs> you know he's had some uh he's had some um ups and downs and mm-hmm. and all that but that's kind of you know it's kind of part of what makes him what what makes what he did against Anderson Silva so extraordinary? Yeah, like we'll, I, I will. And so Shell's on in the way he ended up getting triangles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> indeed. We'll probably do a. I'm sure Sean Dini will send us in a career retrospective to do with Shell's on, and we'll we'll do it on Patreon. But like there, there are a couple of points. Okay, there's some negative things about Shell's on, like the whole Brazil thing and some of his promos and stuff went a bit too far, and you know all that. There, there's definitely is that, but I think the way Shell's on and. Was they like, thought it was a horse, though. Come on. <laughs> okay. How so, was Chael doing? Had internet over there. Come on. Oh, big fella. But um, Chael Sonnen was like the most Teflon fighter in the history of MMA, and I think you know a lot of people say Conor McGregor kind of copied his promos and stuff like that. I think the most similar way they were was was that when something went bad happened to him, when there was a loss, it just rolled off him and they kept going. Like Chael even did the whole TRT thing with, with Chael when he said uh, they, they said I had a, a ratio of 3 to 1 and he was like test me again <laughs> it must be more than that or something like, you know that was what a way to play it off like and he just he was just it was com- the complete wrong thing to say like for most people like basically clean and all that yeah like, but yeah. it was it was just so funny that he was just taking taking it as part of him that it made him like I don't know it's likable the word but like you could you could just you couldn't help but kind of laugh at him and that that was uh, that was outside of the octagon he was just so funny the promos he caught and his poems and stuff that in a time where no one was actually doing that it was very much about the sport and he has changed it in that way and he changed it for the better in a, in a lot of ways and in some ways he changed it for the worse because he without him you probably don't have Colby Covington and Henry Cejudo you know being stupid like you know but uh inside the kitchen as you mentioned yeah. you know that- because of him as well though anderson silva like a guy who was like exactly. world class for years and not making that much money you need a rival like and when you have a rival at chelsea and you get you get the biggest paydays of your career you get the most eyes you get to showcase like, everything you've worked on and all your achievements and anderson was kind of like obviously the hardcores loved him and all but he was kind of for his ability and how dominant he was he wasn't really he didn't really catch on in the in the public eye until Chael Sonnen, like because of Chael Sonnen, more people know who he is. And Anderson Silva kind of he needed that, you know, adversity because it was people were getting bored of like you know him just going out and making making a fool of everybody. <laughs> yeah, hundred um, so percent. You need you need these rivals, like you need guys like Chael Sonnen to come along. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, right, let's talk about the, the main event here. Rory McDonald versus... Uh, yeah, he'll be back, don't worry. Neiman Gracie, he will be back. He'll definitely be back. Um, a, a fairly a fairly dominant win for, for Rory. Rory came out, he, you know, his jab and head movement looked really good. He, you know, caught a left kick, pushed uh, Gracie against the, the cage and the punch, landed at, uh, again, the first even, landed at one big punch. Uh, Gracie got a takedown in, in the second. He almost got a knee bar, but Rory ended up on top. Um, and, uh, the, you know, he, he did a lot of ground and pound on top and, and some... some uh, uh, you know, some nice shots from top to, to win him the round again. Um, he landed two big right hands at, at the, the start of the third and a big elbow as well. And then the the, the body slam, the, you know, he kind of got a body lock into a slam and he landed on top. And it was, it was almost an armbar for, for uh, Gracie, but, uh, you know, Rory got back on top again and was winning that. 
I thought Gracie did well in the fort with the jabs. They were kind of jabbing each other, and then uh, Gracie got the takedown. Um, he got back up. Then Rory did, and uh, he got um, uh, you, you know, he turned. He got a bit of a body triangle, a bit of a ground and pound, and, and was able to win it again. Uh, in the fifth in the the body lock trip for Gracie was was really good. He got into the mount, and Rory looked like he was in bad trouble at one stage. But did a good job of of pushing up the hips to get into half guard, and there was a bit of top control for uh, for Gracie. He went for the heel hook at the end and ended up winning that round. But Rory McDonald yeah. won the fight overall. Pretty, it was not, not, a, not a bad fight. It was like you know we talked about the fight earlier, and I think this was even more so that there was. It was one you'd kind of have to watch all the time because you could see like a big knockout come or you could see a big um, submission come and it never did come but it was I thought it was always exciting throughout. Did you think the same? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think I think the main thing with Warren McDonald was he just remained calm. A lot of fighters would have. Yeah. Uh, Gracie's got me a mount here. I'm, I'm fucked. But he was just remained calm and when he had him in a knee bar, he just rolled with it and the arm bar escape was was good as well. He just didn't panic. He just treated it. He just treated him like any other fighter on the ground he didn't he didn't oh shit i need to get up right now you know he just used his experience like you know he's been in there a, a lot of minutes mm-hmm. i don't know how many but errors yeah and it, it pays off when you've you've been in there with damien maya and you've been on your back against a fresh maya and you survived that and won the fight and you know you've been there with loads of guys you've never been submitted in what 26 27 fights mm-hmm. so he just showed his experience and Gracie's obviously really good on the ground but he's much more inexperienced in MMA jiu-jitsu you know uh, in a straight jiu-jitsu match if, if you had him on the ground like that maybe he would have submitted him but it's different in MMA there's more things to worry about and he was already tired he'd already been beaten up a little and uh, it was what 20, 20 minutes into the fight by the time he was got in the mount so uh, maybe it would have been different if it was the first round but I think I think Rory would have remained calm and uh, he's kind of um He's just he's just a better all round fighter yeah. than Neiman Gracie. One hundred percent. Yeah, I, I, you know when people fighters always say they, they take a big loss and they say I want to kind of come back quickly and kind of banish those demons and stuff like that. This was the perfect fight for Rory McDonald to do that because Neiman Gracie gave him a bit of a challenge, definitely late in the fifth. But he could he could jab and stuff as well. He wasn't bad, but Rory was able to let his hands go, let, let able to throw his jabs, able to throw his his combinations and stuff like that. It was absolutely perfect for him, and there wasn't much trouble. You know, he was. Very good in the clinch, Rory. Got the underhook at all times and sh- shoved him out and didn't really get taken down that much. When he did, he was able to, to turn around, got a few takedowns of himself. You know, it was Rory McDonald was running this fight for most of it, apart from maybe that two or three minutes when Gracie got on top. And it was I thought it was the absolute perfect fight for him to come back. Um what what would you score the fight? What would you uh, what rating would you give it? Uh five and a half. I'm giving it a 5.9. I, I thought it was a I thought it was a good battle, you know. Obviously, not a great, not not a classic, not a not a brilliant fight, but uh, I, I enjoyed it throughout. I thought it was a good tactical battle, and you know, obviously dominant from Rory McDonald, but sure, you you get that as well. But um, yeah, overall, a, a pretty good card. One one takeaway and one quick thing: we won't spin long on it, but the the, the Haraguchi fight kind of got me thinking that the three best flyweights in the world are all in different organizations. Obviously, Cejudo, uh, Haraguchi, and Dimitri Johnson. That's a bit sad, isn't it? You know, and MMA is something we always pride ourselves on the best fighting the best. And okay, Haraguchi and Cejudo have both fought uh, Dimitri Johnson, but I'd love to see all those lads fighting each other now, and they won't be. And I know Haraguchi came in here and beat Caldwell and became a you know a, a two uh, a two two 
organization champion, which is is brilliant. The first one in, well, probably not the first one in MMA. There's probably some other organizations, but the first one in the big organizations anyway to do it. But what, what do you think of that? Like, is is MMA going the way of boxing a little bit, where we're going to have more of these big guys not being able to fight each other because they're in different organizations? What are you saying, you goof? The the 125 <laughs> division is alive and well. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's more only with these lighter guys that the UFC and Dana and all have such given up on trying to promote to be pay per view draws or big stars. They've just kind of pulled the plug on on that. Uh, I don't think it's likely to happen anytime soon with the with the higher weights. I don't see I don't see that. But like UFC is just such a strong brand and Bellator is obviously doing well but it's 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 miles behind mm-hmm. 100%. but I think it has a long way to go before before you have to worry about about that at the divisions that they care about yeah I, I think I don't think the UFC care but I think the fans should care and I think you know I think it's a, bit, a little bit sad that, that that we don't get that but sure I suppose you know that's probably a thing we'll, we'll talk about more over, over the next while um, alright before we get to next week's Bellator card and next week's UFC card as well Polly Malinaji versus Artem Lobov is happening next Saturday night in, in bare knuckle boxing how would you see it going Graham who wins okay, what, actually before, before you say that I was talking to a couple of my friends about it and he goes, it's it's boxing and Polly Malinaji is a former world champion boxer. He's surely, it's not boxing though. But it's bare knuckle boxing. He'll, he'll surely, you know, beat Artem Lobov. And I, I think he will. But like, the clinch in this bare knuckle boxing is a big part. And if Artem has a good game plan just to get him into the clinch, like he'll destroy him in that clinch. There's no two ways about it that Artem's clinch is going to be way, way better than Polly Malinaji. Can you throw spinning back fists and things like that? I, I don't think so, no. I think you can just box army. But you can clinch. And I think you get uh, like a good few seconds in that clinch to, to throw shots like that. Like if Artem can manage to get inside and Polly doesn't dance around him and jab him up all night, which could happen. And I think actually, you know, he's probably the most likely thing. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule Artem out of this fight totally I'm definitely picking Polly don't get me wrong but if Artem has a good game plan can barge inside he has the experience of having the bare knuckle fight as well and Malinaji doesn't but it's not as not as much of a blow away fight I think as people are making out is it how do you how do you think it's going to do like pay-per-view online pay-per-view wise I I don't know it hasn't been that much hype around it yet but I'd I'd say it's going to build up now like uh uh, maybe there has been in like boxing circles, has there? I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think there has really. No, I, I like uh, the boxing circles. No art in that much. Like I think it'd be, um, it'd be bigger than MMA because you had the whole McGregor Malinaji thing, and you know McGregor being like the. The you know the ex girlfriend who won't just just shut up about it. And obviously, Artem has a, has a big name in MMA as well. But yeah, I haven't heard that much about it. Obviously, you know it will ramp up, and there isn't that you know there isn't really a huge card on this weekend on Saturday night. Okay, you have the the Mikano fight and stuff, which we we'll get to soon. But this is probably the biggest, most hyped fight of the weekend. Not the best fight of the weekend, definitely not. But it probably will become the most hype fight of the weekend. You'll have a lot of people talking about it, but I, I don't know. The bare knuckle thing is is obviously still a thing that people are very wary about, and I'm wary about, and I don't think it's good, and I don't really like it, to be honest. Uh, but when you have two big names like this fighting, it's, you know, it's 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 going to get... You're hyped. I'm, I'm hyped to know. I'm relatively hyped. I'm not... I don't feel like buying this pay-per-view. I know I'm going full bad about pay-per-views, but we might get a free thing from uh, from Fight TV or something if they're very kind to us. We've talked about it here. Everyone go and buy it. It's going to be Fucking great. Fucking scrounge. Scrounge is all I am, yeah. But uh, who do you think, Louis? You pick him in Polly as well, you are? Um, like... I don't know. Uh, like, I don't even know the rules. Can you can, can you throw a few elbows in there? It'd probably be all right. Like, yeah, sure. Why not? I, maybe. Yeah. Uh, cool. I don't know. I don't know either. 
like I don't know how it's going to look. I, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't think. <laughs> Like I, I don't even know the rules. <laughs> okay, so I don't really know. We'll talk about this next week after it happens. This is. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you who's gonna win I'll next tell week. You, I'll tell you next week what's that. We'll look up the rules. We'll do a podcast on Patreon like ten minutes before the fight, and we'll tell you who's gonna win. All right, uh, let's move on. So to before we get the belt, our UFC. It's you know this is not a bad card. No big standout. Excellent names or excellent fights. Well, which Bellator you Not the, the UFC characters, but there's some good fights in it. You have Matt Wyman returning here after what must be about 10 years. I guarantee you, there's like a good 50% of the people listening to this podcast have never even heard of Matt Wyman. It's 2014 since he last fight against Isaac Valley Flag. I, I just thought he was gone forever. I don't know what's the crack on him. He was never speak to anyone. He's like no Twitter or anything. He's fighting Luis Pena, who's obviously a, a very, very good prospect. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, Dan Eig uh, is back uh, again. He fights. Uh, he Kevin hasn't been over Cole Miller like twenty years ago, so mm. like he must be good. Definitely, Ariana Lipsky versus Molly McCann is is a really good fight. Obviously, you'd, you, I think most people probably favor Ariana Lipsky in that, but a big, big fight for for Molly McCann is a win. Darn win here. He he won in over Jesus. My my chair nearly broke. He won over uh, Tom Lawler in that uh, Chocolate L Tito Ortiz card. So he looks like a really top prospect. If you're if you're looking for prospects, Darn Win is is a guy at middleweight coming through. I think he was, his last fight was at light heavyweight even, but he fights um, in AKA as well. And you know uh, he's kind of a, a protege, maybe a little bit of. Uh, of uh, Daniel Cormier, Andre Ull as well looks looks really good, and then you've Ashley Order fighting on the main card. Kevin Holland looks like a good prospect as well. I like that Andre Lee Montana De La Rosa fight. Brian Barberina, obviously, you know the the legend killer fighting against Randy Brown, and then we have the big two John Lineker and a rematch against Rob Font, a fight he won a couple of years ago. Always oh, fun to see John Lineker and Hinata Maikano against Chan Sung Jung. Um, how would you fancy in the main event? Chan Sung Jung Hinata Maikano. It's um. it's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, I actually fancy the Korean Zombie to win this one. Like, uh, I'm a big, I'm a big uh, support. I'm a big uh, fan of the Korean Zombie's abilities and the way he fights. Uh, Maya Khan is obviously a, a good fighter. Like, and he's beaten guys who people really like, like uh, <laughs> Cubs, Cubs Swanson and uh, Jeremy Stevens. But uh, like the Korean Zombie. He, he he was very he was at the top of the game really until he went off and. He, he lost he, like he worked about a title shot and lost kind of unfortunately to Aldo I think he was losing the fight anyway but it was mm-hmm. close enough and then his shoulder popped out and he ended up losing after that uh, he, he came back and knocked out um, uh, Dennis Bermudez and had a great fight with Yair Rodriguez like a really great fight ended mm-hmm. up getting knocked out in the very last second like he's he's probably not the as high a level fighter as as he was when he left for the military service, but he's still a really really good fighter and a, and like a really tough fight for Mike Cano who who, who kind of needs a win if he's going to be the prospect if he's going to live up to the kind of the billing of of the prospect that people think he uh, think he is like people were picking him or the bookies had him as the the favorite to beat Aldo and people were picking him so he's obviously rated very highly but uh, but I I think the Korean Zombie is so well rounded and brings a lot of pressure and is very, very good on the ground as well. And I think it's a really tough fight. Uh, it could go either way, but I'd probably lean with the Korean Zombie. I'd agree. I think the Korean... I think I think my can will probably win the first round or two and maybe even the third. But I think the Korean Zombie will come into the fight and that pressure... You know, I talked about it with um with Tony Ferguson against Cowboy and I think it could actually look like that fight because um, like Cowboy in that first 
uh, round and, and into the second round. Mike Cano has a very good jab, and I could see him jabbing the Korean Zombie, but the Korean Zombie will lift that pressure. He'll refuse to just stand at the end of a jab for a fight. There's no way he'll come on to, into that fight like Tony Ferguson did. And, you know, he might okay, he might not win it. You know, Mike Cano is tough as well. He could survive, and I could see him winning a decision or something like that. But, uh, you know, I feel like this is third, fourth, fifth round stoppage for the Korean zombie kind of written all over it. You know, I might be underestimating Mike Hanna a little bit. And I, I think he's a more skilled fighter all around, Mike Hanna. But I think the toughness and heart of the Korean zombie is something that's very, very hard to get over. And that's kind of why I'm picking him. But I think it'll I think it'll be a good fight. I think it'll be... Yeah, I think it'll be a great fight. Mm. Korean zombie fights are usually very, very entertaining. And I, I don't see any reason why this one won't be the same. 100%. All right, let's talk about the Bellator London card next weekend. Gegard Musasi against Rafael Lovato Jr. Obviously, the main event. Watched a, a few Rafael Lovato Jr. fights, and obviously, he's a, a really, really good uh, jiu-jitsu guy. And when it gets to the ground, he's he's devastating there. On the feet, he's with some jiu-jitsu guys who just have the ability to throw loads of shots because even if they land on the ground they're happy enough to have it that way and he is one of them and he's very good at it he just he stands in the pocket and he throws he's a big head kick uh tko kind of he he, he knocked the guy silly with a head kick and then and didn't knock him out he lets his hands go he's obviously an absolute demon on the ground a really really good fighter but against gegard musasi uh, i don't think he's much of a chance to be honest do, do you fancy musasi here again yeah, I fancy Musasi. I think he's very well rounded. Musasi, he's, he's there's no real gaping holes in his game. Like uh, earlier in his career, a few years ago, he was kind of a bit too passive, but he's kind of he's kind of sorted that out to, to mostly anyway. Um, I think I, I think he'll be he'll be wary of going to the ground, but if it does go there, I don't think it's it's, it's all over. I think Edgar Musasi knows what he's doing on the ground. Um, maybe if he gets there early when. when if he gets there, if he gets put on his back early, it might be trouble. But I, I don't see that happening. I, I see him um, leg kicking and jabbing and, and beating up uh, Lovato a bit, and probably probably TK on him or K on him at some stage. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Paul Daly against Eric Silva. I don't. I just think this will be a good belt him up, hit him up fight, and I think Eric Silva will probably get knocked out. What do you think? Yeah, he's got a. Historically bad chin, uh, mm. Eric Silva. Um, the Brazilian Aaron Pico, is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, no, that far. I think, um, I think, uh, around the, the period of USADA coming in was kind of the end of uh, Eric Silva as a, as a top fighter. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just just around that time. Oh, uh, yeah, oh yeah, I guess there's a few other lads who went to shit around that time as well. Coincidentally, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But anyway, yeah. Um, and in James Gallagher against uh, Jeremiah Labiano, I, I was tomorrow night. I spent about an hour looking for Labiano fights, and I found one five round fight, and there wasn't any. I don't think ground in it, uh, so it's difficult to know what he's like there. But on the feet. You know, he's not the most active guy in the world. He's kind of a good jab and a good backhand and he's good defensively as well. So, you know, I, I don't think it'll be an easy out by any means with James Gallagher. And he's good at kind of moving away from, from shots as well and, and kind of getting around the octagon. Although he's not that fast, not... He, he throws big shots, actually. He, he kind of loads up and, and throws big shots and he, he does set him up, but I, I wouldn't call him like that fast twitch muscle kind of guy. And, we you know, we know what James Gallagher is like. He, he throws big shots and on the... Uh, uh, on the feet, and then he he goes obviously for the big takedowns, and he's very very good uh, on the ground. And that you know that that catch 
uh, of the kick in his last fight in, in the, the main event of the UFC Dublin when he caught the back of the hand and, and or sorry caught the back of the leg with or caught the leg with the back of his hand uh, and took uh, took his opponent down and ended up getting the submission just absolutely phenomenal and you know James Gallagher is a guy who's uh, okay, he lost to Ricky Bendez, but I think he has been improving and improving and improving, and they've been good, giving him kind of good fights. You know, James Gallagher's been matched up pretty well as well, I suppose, maybe apart from the Ricky Bendez fight. Or, you know, a lot of that was maybe his own fault as well, and he kind of admitted that afterwards as well. But um, I think this is another good good kind of step up. Jeremiah Labiano is is similar enough kind of experience. Uh, and I, But I, I think James Gallagher should win this. How, how do you see it going? Yeah, they, I think I think Gallagher will win. It's strange that it's at one hundred forty pounds. Um, they tried to put the fight together before as well. I think uh, um, so. They, it's probably a, a, an opponent they think Gallagher can beat, and I think I think maybe Gallagher like uh, before before he lost to Ricky Mendez, people would be like, "Oh, he's definitely going to win." But I think people are are looking too much into that into that loss. Like it, it's not like boxing in the past where you lose one and it's it's all over for you there's so much to learn in MMA that a lot of the time it makes you a better fighter and I think I think maybe hopefully the main thing that it did for James is, is changed his mindset about his game planning and what he needs to be doing in fights because he's got a lot of ability on the feet as well like but his by far his his best uh, his base is jiu-jitsu and it's his, it's his best part of his game and he should be looking for his submissions like he should be doing what Gunnar Nelson did in his early career yeah um, and I think I think he'll do that I think he'll win easily but it's MMA anything can happen um, it's uh, there's a lot of pressure on James Gallagher as well like so uh, early in his career he's, he's for his whole career his whole young career he's had a lot of pressure on him so he's probably used to it at this stage so I I, I I don't know much about Labiano, but I, I think Gallagher probably win. Yeah, like handily, probably a submission in early. Uh, I agree. Yeah, it, it's a big fight for him too because if he was to to lose this fight, you know, people would be putting him in that bracket with with Aaron Pico in that. You know he's lost. He knows people are just w- waiting, waiting for him to yeah. lose. They love it when he loses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that adds another bit of pressure on him as well. But just if you take all, you know, if this is fighter A, you know, who's what nine, whatever, what is he eight and one or something, whatever he is in his career, and you know, a loss at this stage of of anyone's career is 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 a setback. Now it wouldn't be a you know a career ender or anything like that. But James Gallagher, you know, talks about getting to the titles. You know, he's. He's headlined cards already, and he wants to headline this card, I'm sure, again in September. And the last year, you know, I probably wouldn't in that. He probably would still headline. You know, he headlined the last uh, card, even though he lost uh, before it as well. So I wouldn't in that at all. But I think it'll be a little bit. It would be a bit of a setback. So obviously, he'll, he'll be wanting to win, and it, it is. It is a big fight for him as well. So you know that that should be a good fight, and obviously on, on Sky Sports and Channel Five as well, it's going to be a, a big one for him. Uh, a few of the other fights uh, here, you know, uh, Irish interest with Charlie Ward. Uh, fighting Justin Moore, uh, Johnny Johnny Jitsu, John Redmond is on it again. Charlie Leary, well, you know he's fought out of uh, out of Ireland before. Your boy, um, your boy Fabian Edwards is on this. How are you looking forward to Fabian Edwards again? Yeah, I always look forward to seeing Fabian. Uh, I don't know much about his opponent again, but seven and four, like eleven fights, it's probably the right type of uh, opponent. But I'd like to see a step up after this if he if he comes out with a nice nice win again here. Mm-hmm. But this guy, you know, he's on a what a five fight win streak. Um, he's he's TKOs and and decisions, but he's probably out of his depth here. Uh, he's never fought anybody of the caliber of of Fabian Edwards. Maybe maybe he can step up and give him a tough fight, but I, I I don't see him winning. I I 
I'm just looking forward to to seeing how Edwards wins, and maybe maybe that's underestimating his opponent, but that's how I'm I'm, I'm looking at this fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, you know, there's so much there's so much talent uh, there for Fabian Edwards yeah. in all aspects of MMA, and we just haven't really seen we haven't really seen any. <laughs> Any holes yet? Yeah, you're playing. Well, maybe we will, but I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah, think. Yeah. I don't Although think so. He, remember that time? Was it? Remember he got that armbar? Did he get knocked down or something in that fight? What happened? Remember that fight? Yeah, he got. He got. He got. He got cracked, and he mm-hmm. just straight away took the guy down and armbarred him. I think. Yeah. yeah. So that was the that was the only hole, an armbar like five seconds after the hole. So yeah, that that's not great. Uh, well, I think that was kind of due to kind of mm-hmm. showboating around a bit as well. Maybe yeah. that's something that he'll have to calm down on as well but mm-hmm. maybe not at this level but when he steps up yeah we, we talked about uh, Keith McCabe as well earlier he's fighting Glory Fanda obviously Richard uh, Kiley was supposed to be fighting him and you know Keith McCabe obviously fighting out of Team Rhino as a guy who's been around a long time and you know fighting amateurs and stuff like that and but Fando is a fucking tough fight for anyone you know he's a, a hard hitter a, an absolute animal in the cage so that's going to be a tough fight for him but that's a, it's yeah, a big McCabe opportunity Keith McCabe has yeah. some tricky submissions if he can get it to the mm-hmm. ground you could pull something out yeah, so you know, it's you wouldn't definitely wouldn't rule him out. You know, to talk about him from from PT and a lot of people as well about fighting Dylan Dana. So if he can win that fight against Bavando, you know, maybe maybe that actually wouldn't. Yeah, positions himself <laughs> yeah. nicely. If he gets the mic after a win and he, he calls it calls him out like maybe it makes sense. Like a card yeah. just happened with Dylan Dana a week before. Well, maybe it positions him too nicely for, for Dylan Dana the way they're they're kind of matching him at the moment. But yeah, who who knows? But you know, let's see. That should be a good fight anyway. Alfie Davis is one. I think mention. it probably is too quick for Dylan. Dylan Dennis, but Keith McCabe, if I was Keith McCabe, I'd be calling for it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Alfie Davis is a guy who fought in, in Dublin who I was very, very impressed with. Uh, so watch out for him. Terry Brazier against Tim Wilde. That should be a very, very good fight. Obviously, the locals will be delighted Terrence. with that one. Very, very good. <laughs> um, Nathan Rose, Luke Ard. Franz Malambo against Nathan Grayson as well. What a fight that is. That's a that's a really, really good fight, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, there's some really good fights on the card, especially for uh, from an Irish perspective. And from a from a UK and Irish perspective, but uh, yeah, I think Franz is um, he's very very talented on the feet. Uh, I think I think he's he's what was he like ten or eleven and oh and uh, IMMAF amateur world champion for a tournament pro. Maybe he he fought guys that were too tough, too too experienced, too early, like we were talking about earlier with Aaron Pico. But he still has a lot of talent there. I think he he's six and four now. Uh, it's important to win here. Seven and four and six and five are very different. And Grayson's a tough guy, but uh, if 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 uh, Franz can get his hands going early, I could I'd probably be predicting uh, an early knockout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. But if he can put Franz on his back, like it could be it, it could be a long night for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it'd be a really good. I, I don't know who will win that fight. I think it'd be a really really good fight anyway. And that's one when it got announced. I think a lot of people were were really excited about that. And you know, there's lots of other guys who we didn't mention too. It's it's a really good card. In fairness, the, the Bellator been you know bringing the big name and in, in Musasi over and a lot of the big names from uh, from the local scene as well on that card and matching them up well as well. Obviously Jude Samuel and I'm sure John Cavanaugh helping out with the Irish guys as well. You know, matching them yeah. up. So that's a. You know, I'm looking forward to Charlie Ward's post fight interview. So I hope he wins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant yeah he's a gas man uh, right let's get to to some of the the questions here sign up patreon.com forward slash severe podcast if you want to help us out if you enjoy this podcast and say here look I want to throw a fiver at the lads have an old pint on me and I'll get like 20 podcasts for the month for the for the price of it and early access to this podcast and all do it you're really you're really uh, buying into or selling Irish stereotypes like oh give us a pint give us a pint <laughs> I, uh, I actually have when was the last time I drank I oh well it was only about three weeks ago in fairness but yeah I'm I'm, I'm done drink that much you do you're a fucking awful Point man, you're as bad as Nine McGrath, yeah. 
Não, não, não. I'm, uh... Não é, não é tão ferado, like, <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> that was like the worst thing I've ever said to you. I apologize. Yeah, I just... Some things you can't take back. <laughs> You're a happily married man now at home. Uh, 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 I'll never drink again after that. I'm fucking hell. <laughs> Drinking your glass of sherry. Uh, uh, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm a bottle collector. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I live anyway. All right, we'll answer... Uh, legendary point man, Noel McGrath. <laughs> legendary point man. Some of the questions here from Patreon. We'll have the Q&A out as well, about a 20-minute Q&A every Tuesday. So if I didn't get your question, if you asked it on Patreon or on uh, or on Twitter or anywhere else, I'll get to it there on Tuesday. If you ask a question, it will be answered. Unless it's like offensive or something, I can't read it and there's like some swear words and stuff. But like 99.9% of questions will be asked. All right, let's answer a few here. Crawl Susanna. Oscar De La Hoya presents Chael versus T.2. You, could you see that happening, Graham? <laughs> Um, I, yeah, well, I could, <laughs> yeah, I could see that happening. Me too, me too. I definitely could. It's that. MMA. It is MMA. Uh, Ian O'Neill, how come TJ Dillashaw was allowed corner at Bellator last night? Uh, he says about Nick Diaz oh, was not he? being allowed. Yeah, he He's was. Banned, yeah. Uh, funny you should say that. I actually emailed the New York State Athletic Commission. I haven't heard back from him yet, so maybe it'll be Monday. So it, it, I'll tweet it out as soon as I know. But that seemed very odd, didn't it? Because you're not supposed to be allowed to, to corner people if you're banned. But uh, yeah, yeah very odd. I don't, know. I don't know why. What what the difference would be between maybe it's state by state, maybe there's different rules. Like we we all know how convoluted the the different rules, the different rule sets, and the different commissions are. Uh, even though they call it the unified rules of mixed martial arts, it really isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Mark Atwell has a few questions here. Uh, one of which is with Arisen Bantamweight holding the Bellator belt. Do you think the this legitimately opens up opportunities to have UFC versus Bellator champ versus champ showcase fight? No, because uh, never, ever, never. never no, never. I, I think Bellator would a hundred percent do it. They'd be happy to because they it's a win win for them. Really, even if they lose, it doesn't really matter. And if they win, they have someone who's beaten the UFC champion. But the UFC, the UFC would. never never ever take that chance they have no reason to do it it's it's you know for them they look at it as fighting down they look at every other you know uh, organization as as the indies they you know like like in wrestling it's everything else is not the ufc the ufc to them is seen as the sport so I, I can't see doing, them doing that uh, at all. Um, a few people actually asked about TJ Lillishaw saying he's not mad. He, he was on with Chelsea, I believe. He's not mad that he took the ES, uh, EPO and that he doesn't regret it and stuff like that. And he said he was struggling in, in camp and it's the only way he could have gone down to 125 pounds. What, what do you think of that? Like, to, to me, when he said it first a couple of months ago that he did it and he admitted it, I was like, oh, fucking fair play to him. I hate when people just say, I didn't take it, it's wrong. It, it must have got implanted in my fucking... You know, Weedabix or something. <laughs> but for him to come out and say that, that was good. But this... Yeah, it was in my me, meat. But some of that meat is genuine. But anyway. But this, to me, just ruined all that. Like, it's... What did you think of these comments? Like... <laughs> I didn't actually listen to the thing, but I assume he was having a bro down with Jail Sonnen. He was, yeah. He was. I didn't listen so, to it either, like, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, Jail, what he has against on his old podcast anyway, he just, like, licks their, their whole, like, and says how great they are and kind of, like, yeah... Kind of, why would you say it like a uh, jeers them on, or what, what's the saying? Jeez them on, G- yeah, or no, he leads them, he kind of leads, leads them into saying, yeah, he yeah, leads them into saying kind of more <laughs> and more outrageous things by agreeing with like with outrageous things yeah. as if they're just normal. And then you're like, oh, this is maybe it is normal. You say a few more things, <laughs> mm-hmm. and next thing you know, you're like, ah, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think you're like two bros having a bro down, like. Sparks were always going to fly. Uh, that definitely is like that uh, that scene in Rick and Marty when uh, Summer and uh, Rick are beating up people. But anyway. Um, Spoiler. 
explain art. Christopher Graham asks, who do you think will be the next challenger for each UFC champion? Oh god, I'll do that in the QA, but let's uh oh, yeah. let's give let's give a couple of them here. Federer after Frank Yeager versus um, Max Holloway, who do you think will be the next challenger? Frank Yeager again. Frank Yeager again, yeah. That's a, <laughs> that's a good shot. That is a good shot. Who do you think will be Henry Cejudo's next challenger? Uh your wife Faber. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Frank, you should have said Frank Yeager. You should have said that. I, I was actually on the, the lads, the No Look East podcast the other day, and I said, like, Henry, I don't think I said in this podcast last week, but Henry Cejudo should have called out Frank Yeager. It would be the perfect fight. Because if Frank Yeager beats Max Holloway, then Frank Yeager gets Henry Cejudo at 145. Henry Cejudo would win that fight, and he'd become a three-way champ. And even if Frank Yeager loses, Frank Yeager would 100% come down at 135 pound to fight for another title. And then you have that big fight as well. I think it makes perfect sense for Henry Cejudo. I'm surprised he didn't do it. but And it would really piss you off, that'd be great. <laughs> but it was my idea, so now it wouldn't piss me off, so I'm in front of it, so it's all good. Uh, Sean Dinny, what's your favourite jail retirement speech? There have been a few of them, haven't there? There have been a few of them already. Yeah. Has there? Yeah, yeah I can't even remember. Like, when people retire, just, like, forget about it straight away because they're not retired. I, I Did he retire the first time he got caught with TRT? Maybe not, but he definitely retired the second time he got caught with all those drugs. Remember he got caught with that big concoction, and then there was the whole comeback and all. So, yeah, he definitely retired uh, that He time. ate some dodgy pork. He definitely did eat some uh, some dodgy pork. Um, Christopher Graham is a cross promotion Risen versus One Championship as likely as Risen versus UFC. I would love to see a rematch between Haraguchi and Mighty Mouse if DJ wins the tournament. All, all almost as much as I'd like to see the Battle of the Champ Champs. Yeah, do you think uh, that's always one I've kind of thought about? Um, Mighty Mouse versus Haraguchi. Do you think that's possible between One FC and, and Risen? It's hard to know what One FC or I don't really know what way what way they operate. I don't really know anything anything about them really. Mm-hmm. Um, Risen as well. I don't know. Like, uh, would it really sell? Would it be worth their worth their while doing it? I don't really think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, is it worthwhile going out of your way to do get get all that shit done? It's not going to really sell. Like it's already happened before. Even if it hadn't happened before, it probably wouldn't sell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people just outside of the hardcores. People just don't care about MMA, <laughs> especially at the lower weights. Mm-hmm, 100%. All right, one or two here from from Twitter before we go. Andy Hall, what what should Bellator do with Heather Hardy? Now I think I, I said that earlier. Just give her give her boxers, give her kickboxers, and treat her that way. Don't get her towards a title. I think that's the. The best way to do it. Uh, Philip Cordos, who would you favour in the Lima-Rory rematch now? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Who I, I'd probably favour... I don't know who I'd favour, actually. I'd probably favour Lima, maybe. Although Rory looked good last night, but I'm not sure that tells the whole story of, of Rory. Oh, that rhymes. Who do you yeah, favour? It's, it's a tough one. Like I think Rory talking about not knowing if he wants to do it anymore and all that stuff. I'd like to, I'd like to hear what, what he's... If he's kind of over that now or mm-hmm. uh, after this fight if he is just back to being himself I think he wins it yeah yeah mm, I'd go with Lima. I really rate Lima but it's it's a very very good time looking forward to seeing that last question here um, from Noblard friend of the podcast what's your best crossover fight you would do in all of MMA if you could have two lads fighting from two different organisations who would you have Ooh, uh, uh, I don't know I'd have, I'd have, I'd have to have. Like the hard Gucci fight against yeah. Mighty Mouse will be up there, but I'm not really like. There's no fight, and I'm really like, oh, this needs to happen. I really want to see this. Mm-hmm. That comes to mind anyway. 
yeah, I, I, it's one of those three fights. Like, I'd love to see Haraguchi versus Sahuda. I'd love to see Haraguchi versus Demetrius Johnson. But I feel like Demetrius Johnson's career is kind of finished now. In that he's fighting in one FC, he's just fighting fights for the sake of fighting fights. Like, uh, Demetrius Johnson as a top level star, I think he's the best we've ever seen it. But it feels like the the, the choice he made to move from the UFC was kind of the choice to to finish off his career a bit. And I'm I, that might sound bad. I might be wrong about that, but it just feels you know, and that could turn around as well. Maybe the the signing. Do you think we'll ever see him back? In the UFC, I don't think so. No, are Dana making an example of him? <laughs> yeah, maybe, but you know, who who are, who are the best guys in in Bellator? You know, I'd love to see Robert Whitaker against Musasi. I think that's a very good fight. You know, I'd love to see Rory fight loads of the guys. I'd like to see in Michael UFC. Chandler against some guys in the UFC yeah. as well. But Michael Chandler against Justin Gaethje, boom. <laughs> boom, that's the Justin fight. Gaethje against everybody. Justin Gaethje against everybody. Yeah, but. Yeah, look, these things happen anyway. And um, that's it for uh, for this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate you. As I said, sign up. Patreon.com forward slash SevereMed podcast. SevereMed.com forward slash points. You can get us there. Five or a month. you love it. Be loads of podcasts. What's the one this week again? We've the um, career retrospective. Hold on, let me just look someone sent it in. Rashad uh, Evans. No, we did Rashad Evans last week. Matt Brown is going to be next week. So, yeah. Big, Matt Brown. Matt Brown, okay. yeah. That's going to be fun. Do you not think so? Yeah, yeah. Well, like, like uh, he's, uh, yeah. I'd have, to, I'd have to go back and watch a bit, but he's, he kind of like you know he, he he was kind of middling star on the in the on the Ultimate Fighter and looked like he wasn't really going anywhere. But then he made a massive run and became like a kind of fan favorite and a really vicious fighter, violent. Mm-hmm. violent I, lo- I know when people, some people love when you when you say that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but so, he was he was yeah. violent. So uh, yeah, it'd be good. It'd be good to actually go back and watch some of his fights again. Yeah, that'll, remind that, myself. That'll be our Wednesday. So if everyone's listening to this, you have between now and Wednesday to watch some of Matt Brown's fights because we'll be talking about we'll be talking about his career. So get your your study in now, and we love that podcast out uh, first thing on Wednesday morning. All right, everybody, champions thanks. of Europe. <laughs> thanks, We're never going to stop. Listening. Are we not going to do uh, a yeah. bit of football talk? No, the new fixtures. Not, we must do that. Are you excited? Are you yeah. excited for the new season? Um, we got Daniel James, fucking legend. Le- Someone's <laughs> after giving out to me for calling it soccer on the podcast. I Daniel Hammers. <laughs> oh, we've, we've the big Sean Longstaff signing coming next week. Can't wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lampard's <laughs> coming in as Chelsea manager, That's is he? At mad, least he, he, you'll have an equally bad manager. Well, yeah. maybe uh, he's probably better than Oligon as Oscar. Oligon as Oscar has like 10 fantastic like, games. Are you talking about? It's like, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see who does worse if they <laughs> <laughs> get the job. Maybe it's the only way Man United will fucking get into the top four. But. Oh, God. And is it a cack you're trying to get out of there as oh, well? I like, hope he goes. I hate him. Oh, he's stone fucking useless. Get rid of him. I'd what about Liverpool? Um, uh, are you looking forward to watching Liverpool again next year? Yeah, you can't wait. What about the one, my most worrying thing is there, there's big talks about Pep Guardiola only having one more season in Man, Man City, which could like lo- lead to them losing <laughs> the league this year, but definitely not win the league in two years' time if Klopp well, if, if they get if they get banned from the Champions League, which I think is very unlikely. I think no one ever uh, this is all all talk. Like you know, this financial fair play is all bullshit. It just mm-hmm. it just makes it hard for other teams to get to the level of these other teams that have already throwing money at it mm-hmm. so uh, it's hard to know how to, how to actually fix it but I, I, I just don't see them actually getting banned from the Champions League but if they were to I think Guardiola might be like see you later but otherwise yeah. you know like like when when Liverpool got done for tapping up Van Dijk and were able to buy him six months later the game was gone then you knew it straight away Liverpool didn't get done for anything they didn't? no they didn't get warned for tapping up Van Dijk they didn't get done for anything <laughs> That's what you said. That. You said they got done yeah, for it. I they said they didn't get, get done, done for it. They did get done. Don't let, don't let the facts get in the way. Were they allowed to sign him at that, that point because of what they did? 
Yeah, they could, they would have, but they they they, um, they got done for it. Yeah, they apologized for any misunderstanding yeah, exactly. to uh, yeah, Southampton. Yeah, yeah. misunderstanding. Somebody ate some dodgy meat. Who was the lad at Liverpool who ate the dodgy meat a few years ago? Remember, was it Colo Torre? Oh, he had a. Um, he it, 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 it was diet pills. Yeah. <laughs> he, his wife diet pills. <laughs> he, he, he's chomping down his wife's diet pills. Mad bastard. Hashtag tainted meat. But anyway, <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you all next time. All that's left to do is the inspiration quote of the week. Be a good listener. Your ears will never get you in trouble. See you next Tuesday or Sunday or Monday, probably Saturday. No, probably not Saturday. Sunday, probably Sunday. Champions Europe.